I know, but how do you, like the whole thing with the uh, you know the five Olympic rings that were start out as snowflakes during the opening ceremony? Yeah, but then one of them stayed a snowflake and didn't turn into yeah, the ring of, at the end. Yeah, so then there's this. It's embarrassing. So then there's a story. It is a little embarrassing, but there's a story about oh, the man who was in charge of that was found stabbed in his stabbed to death, and you know they're I saying guess. and 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 the article says oh. Well, well, even though it looks like there was a struggle, we think he just fell on a set of knives. And people are like, oh, well, this is true. I'm going to share it on Facebook. Oh, look, I didn't even read the article. I'm just fascinated by it. Huzzah, everybody! Oh, I read the article, and I still think it's true somehow. Come oh, on. well, those Russian police would totally say that. They're all corrupt over there. Yeah, They would exactly. totally cover up a murder. And then to, to couple it, you were talking before about the Blake Griffin-Justin Bieber story about him punching him out or something? Yeah, but, okay, this, the whole story was that... Uh, Bieber shows up, orders like a caramel macchiato at a Starbucks, but has no shirt on, is wearing like his gangsta sag pants, supposedly. And then when they say he has to put on a shirt, he starts cussing the people out, and Blake Griffin comes up and says, hey, young man, calm down, or something like that. And he's like, I'm going to have my security guards beat you up. And then Blake just pimp slaps him. That's the story. I want it to be true. I wanted so hard for the story to be true, but the whole time, I, you know, I even called you, Ray, on the yeah. phone. I was like, Ray, there's no way this story is true. Zero percent chance. No, neither story ends up being true. I mean, well, the one I believe is from the Daily Courant, which is like a version of The Onion, like from Canada or but something But less like blatant that. about it being comedy. They're, they're a little, yeah, they're a little more straightforward. They don't quite twist it so absurdly, so the stories are theoretically possible, Yeah, uh, as opposed to The Onion, where but they're they just But they do like, give you hints that it's not true, like the part yeah. about where they say... Oh, we think he fell on a set of knives. Yeah, they're a little more discreet in their comedy, you know. That's yeah. what they do. So, I, you know, come on, people. Let's before we share things on Facebook, let's just like do a little research and 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 use our brains a little bit. And I'm not saying I've never been caught on one of these before, but come on, not so. Blatant. Well, it's like all the death hoaxes. Remember Jeff Goldblum fell off scaffolding in Australia right. like last year, and he he died while filming a movie, and then the very next day he showed up on the Colbert Report to announce right. that in fact he was still alive. Oh, by the way, you know the the interesting thing about the the whole snowflake not opening at the Olympic Games right. opening ceremonies thing is that, you know, when we're watching in America, we saw that the fifth snowflake did not open into Because we saw ring. it live uh, late well, night had, on our television. Well, or we saw it on, uh, you know... Well, tape delayed live. Yeah, though. tape delayed live. But in Russia, they showed the rehearsal where it opened. So people in Russia, unless they read an American newspaper, would not know that it didn't actually happen. Or unless you were there. There. If you were there, I'd hope that you'd notice that something bad happened. Right. But on the plus side, though, you know what I heard? I heard that guy who was responsible for that was found stabbed in... I'm going to punch you. Wait, that's not true? <laughs> Shut up. What are we talking about? Hey, everybody. <laughs> welcome welcome back to the show. This is episode 39 of Raisin, Raisin Brent. Brent. And I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. And we're going to be talking about some sports stuffs. Going on today, stuffs. Hey, you know what happens in two weeks? The Americans starts up again, Ray. Show that we both love, amazingly. I, you know, we didn't actually talk about that. We're going to talk about it. I but, know. Uh, I love the Americans. I, I didn't even know it was coming back so quickly. In two weeks, Ray? I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm, you know what? 
Okay, you just got me excited. That's right. America! Beep, yeah. Is it weird that it's the Americans, which is about like uh, undercover Russian Russians, KGB yeah. spies is coming on right after the Olympics in Russia? <laughs> Interesting. Awkward. You think that was planned? Um, I hope so. I hope I it was. I want it to be true. Yeah. I want it to be playing right now during the Olympics. Hey, look, we were going to beat you in hockey just like we beat you in the Cold War. Boom! Do you think there's any way, and we're not going to talk too much about the Olympics, but do you think there's any way that if we play Russia in hockey that we beat them this time in Russia? <laughs> No, there's a 0% chance. I have only one question to answer that. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. Well, we got a good show this week. I mean, uh, and we're not going to talk too heavily about it, but uh, I at least think it bears mentioning off the top of the show the whole Michael Sam coming out, uh, University of Missouri star, uh, your favorite school, going way back, Uh, (laughs) going as a Nebraska fan. Um, He came out as gay. And there's not a ton we really wanted to say about it because we, we were talking in our pre-show about what is the you know what is do we have a different take from the, one of the 50 billion takes from all different directions that have already happened yeah. in all, every media you've probably already in, ingested. We believe just personally you're probably just tired of this topic at this point with the yeah. 24-hour news cycle. I mean, honestly, my biggest takeaway from this story is it's pretty amazing. I thought like that's pretty good camaraderie by the whole team that he told the team in August and none of us found out. Yeah. That yeah. there wasn't one guy that was like, hey, uh, I'm not trying to tell anybody something, but I just heard that Michael Sam's gay. Don't, don't, you didn't hear from me. <laughs> I mean, if you want to print that. Yeah. Just don't put my name Nobody on it. Nobody did that. No. So that's, you know, that's a good locker room. What happens in Missouri's locker room stays, stays in Missouri's locker, locker room. room. And I think that's just good knowledge right there for all of us. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't really have a fresh take on it. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I'm happy I, for him. <laughs> I, it came out today, uh, a former Nebraska kicker from... I think about seven years ago, yeah, came out and said that he told the, the team Nebraska Cornhuskers knew that he was openly gay, and he ended up you know being injured and not able to continue his career. But so we never heard about that either. So man, something to be said for camaraderie in the locker room. Yeah, and I just found out the other day, um, and this apparently just came out in the tabloids. Um, Freddie Mercury. Turns out he was gay. How dare you? That's not true. No, I, I mean, mean, there's nothing wrong with him being gay, but he's clearly a very straight man. I mean, you look at him on stage, you'd think, you know, oh, man's man, you know, Amen. paddling a canoe with Nick Offerman, you know. Freddie Mercury, to me, best frontman of all time. I mean, nobody can sing like Freddie Mercury. Freddie, you know, I've actually got my favorite frontman of all time. Uh, Who's that? Better than Freddie Mercury? You're going to laugh. Okay. Fred Schneider of the B-52s. He's pretty great. That's a frontman. So is Freddie. You know, Flamboyant. So is- Right, but exciting. The only the difference between those two bands, and I'm not they're both great. There's a big difference between those There's, two well, bands. Well, I'm saying yeah, the the difference is like Queen is playing stadiums, you know, and, and uh B fifty twos are great, but they're not they don't have that big of a fan base. They're a party band, you know. Party band, yeah. You know. Could you put s- up there with other frontmen? Other frontmen all time. I mean, you got to look at uh, the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger, pretty, pretty great. fantastic. I mean, Paul McCartney, John Lennon did a good job, but they kind of But you have to the pick duties. one guy. Yeah. Uh my one of my favorites probably other than than uh, Freddie Mercury, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison, fantastic. I would say Lemmy. Lemmy from Motorhead, from sure. Motorhead, he's sure. pretty fantastic. Rob Zombie, even from that same area. There's lots if, of good. If ones you're going out by there. popular bands, John Bon Jovi. Huh? It's hard. Oh, the band is named Bon Jovi. Well, then you just go Bruce Springsteen. Bruce we had, Springsteen. We sure. had a conversation. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen, great. Yeah. 
I'm just saying. But yeah, I mean, to, to, to pull it back around where we started, though, is, yeah, we, 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 we talked about it. Like, well, do, we don't really have a comedic angle on a gay football player, at least nothing that would fit the show. And we don't really have anything that you haven't heard already as far as opinions go. Like, we're happy for him. We hope it works out. We hope he gets drafted. Yeah. And gosh, keep living life. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I think it's a you know interesting story, but it's just been talked about by everybody, and, we, and we're gonna you know honestly we're gonna have more to say about it later on as things play out, as things develop and play yeah. out. Definitely, we'll have opinions on it. But it seems like the twenty four hour news cycles become like a seventy two hour news cycle, right. and it's just a constant stream of let's interview every human being on the planet for their opinion on the gay football player. Yeah, and hey, we're, I'm, we're I'm already glad over he came it. out, and yeah. So, and, I, and I think it says something maybe about where society's come is it's doesn't it, it was really a bombshell when it hit. Yeah. And now I'm over it. Well, and <laughs> it doesn't and stay not, with it's me. not that we're over, it, but it's just like, you know, none of us that are reasonable thinkers are are dumb enough to think that. Well, he's that the this, first gay football player ever. Right. No other human being. Who's right. Ever played exactly. The game of football's right. ever been gay. Yeah. He's just the first who came out at the beginning of his career instead of at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Congratulations. Yeah. But in any case, here on the show today, we're going to be going to talk a whole bunch of sports. We got some beautiful stuff lined up. We have a very exciting interview with new Detroit Lions quarterback coach. I can't wait. I got this interview, <laughs> Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob Cooter, everybody. You're not. Uh, it's unbelievable what this guy. I just thinks. think his name is hilarious. He's he's maybe my new favorite Detroit Lion. I ever. mean. You know, I think maybe if you're coaching in the NFL and you're going to be in the public eye, you know, maybe don't call yourself Jim Bob. Jim Bob Cooter. I don't know. What name commands respect? Yeah. Maybe change Jim your Bob name. Cooter. Maybe change your, you know, because your name is Jim, so you could be James. And you could change your last name to, you know, like, Coutier or something, you know. James Coutier. James Coutier. Uh, hey, Ray, I heard you got an interview with new Lions quarterback coach, James Coutier. I don't think we'd be doing that interview. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I don't think Wait, we touch James you with a ten foot cattle prod. Is, is that the guy from uh, from Full House? Cut it out. No, that's Dave Coulier. Oh, that would be a great story if he was. If we hired Dave Coulier to be the new quarterbacks coach of the Detroit Lions, and Matt Stafford's just like, hey, so what should I do to improve my mechanics? He's like, hey, all those bad mechanics, cut it out, and that's done. It. Zero yeah. interceptions for the year. <laughs> no more sidearm passes. But in any case, we have all that coming up, so let's get right to it. You ready? Yeah. Let's make it happen after three seconds of Queen. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big nice thing in the street, gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face, you big disgrace, kicking your can all over the place. So popular in the headlines right now, we're going to talk a little bit of baseball because pitchers yeah. and catchers reporting right now. It's almost spring training. It's almost spring training. This is such an exciting time of year. I mean, both our teams... We see potential. Yeah. My team, World Series potential. Your team maybe won't finish in last place. Here's how I know that the Royals have potential this year. Okay. Okay. They're My showing up. My friend Nate, who's just the ultimate White Sox homer. Ooh. Always talking trash about, you know, the White Sox being better than the Royals. He was on Facebook today talking about uh, the White Sox. And okay. I said, hey, side bet, Royals, White Sox. And he was like, um, no thanks. No, I'm good. <laughs> Is it weird that they blamed Ozzie Guillen for all their problems in Chicago and then turned around and as soon as they get rid of him and he goes to Miami to fail that they are now terrible? Like maybe he was the only thing holding that team together. I mean, that's a typical thing though, isn't it? You blame the last guy? You always have to blame the last yeah. guy. It can't be your fault or they'll just fire you. What's that joke about, uh, you know, I don't remember what it's from, but it's like something about when you're president or when you're when you're voted in somewhere, you know, you 
the first couple times something bad happens, you just blame the last guy. They say you 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 write uh, you write a letter, and uh, I write, have no idea what you're talking okay. about. <laughs> you write a letter, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you blame the last guy the first couple times, and if it, after the third time you can't blame the last guy, you uh, blame the guy before that. You, you uh, turn in the letter, and the guy's like, "Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. Let's forget." <laughs> the worst story ever. <laughs> basically, the story is it's basically like. We're and we have to cut this all now, but no, I'm leaving it in. This ba- is, this is riveting. Basically, it's like a story about um, somebody was president, and they're like, "Okay, so what happens the first time I get in trouble?" He's like, first time you get in trouble, you just blame the last guy." Okay. What happens the second time you get in trouble? You blame the last guy. Okay. And the, they said, "What happens the third time?" You uh, it happens. He goes, "Well, you're going to open this letter right here, but don't open until the third time." So he gets in trouble one time, blames the last guy. Gets in trouble second time, blames the last guy. Uh huh. Third time, he opens the letter and it says, "Write a letter." <laughs> So basically, it's like you're gonna you're, you're you're out of here. You better write a letter for the next guy. So, yeah, that's the story. Anyway, it took ten minutes to get there, and it's totally not worth it. Not, not even a little bit. Yeah, and I don't remember what it was from. It's from some movie that I watched or some TV show. Who from now. Roger Rabbit? Yes, I think it was Christopher Lloyd. Is that who it was? Yeah, Judge Doom. <laughs> Spoiler alert! He's a tune, everybody. You only had twenty six years to see it. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm more so old. Uh, all right, so let's get back on track. What are... <laughs> well, it is an exciting time for baseball fans around because at this moment, at this exact moment, the Detroit Tigers, Cleveland Indians, Kansas City Royals, and Chicago White Sox all have the same record. Yeah. We all are the same until one game into the season. Are we worried? I mean, are you worried at all that Detroit has not won a game yet? I'm terrified because I haven't. Won. I'm trying not. They haven't get, won a game all se- all year. I'm trying season. not to get too overconfident that the Royals at this point in the season have still not lost a game. So undefeated, and congratulations for that. By the way, it's yeah. that Bruce Chen aura that you've got going. And yet somehow they're they're when I look up their percentage, it says undefined. You know, you know, because you can't define greatness. You can't. Yeah, and you can't divide you by just zero. Can't do it. So there you go. Don't worry about that. But the, the the team that's kind of the talk of the town right now is besides the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, still a big market team. Talking about Yasiel Puig uh, doing his thing and Don Mattingly. Interesting story. They were you know Don yeah. Mattingly. Now that he got his whole his three year extension, he's kind of like uh, spreading his wings a little bit and talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure if Puig uh, has earned the right to you know lead off, but he also hasn't you know shown that he's a middle of the order guy yet. So maybe I'll bat him sixth, or maybe I'll bat him ninth. Maybe I'll bat him ninth. Who cares? Yeah, yeah it's a great idea. I think maybe that could work as a motivational tool. You know, he's just to help week. You're going to have to earn your well, spot I'm during not, spring training. I'm right? not going to lie, though. Don Mattingly, a year ago, when he quite honestly probably thought he was get on his way out of town, doesn't make that statement. A guy with one year on his contract doesn't make that doesn't of make course. that statement. But now that they all, but now he, that they won some games, uh, he can do that. He can put his feet up on the desk at this point. Yeah, I own this place for a few years. I'm going to get myself a little comfortable, see? But what do you think about Puig? I mean, you're a big Puig fan. Uh, I think he's a massive superstar in the making. I think, it, I, and this is just me, I think it's important that he learns some better English. I think it would just help him uh, captivate an American audience. And while there are huge amounts of Spanish-speaking mm-hmm. people, and bless him for it all around the country, in order to be mainstream, you really got to speak English, uh, at least reasonably passable. So, America, you heard it right here. Race. Ray thinks that Puig needs to learn American. It, it would help him. It learn would help American. him in marketing. What are you talking about? I just think it would just help him as a, as a commodity, um, as a speak superstar. Speak American, Puig. If LeBron James didn't speak English, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be the celebrity that he is right now. That's true. I mean, if he really wants to get into that big 
uh, commercial market that he could have. He could absolutely have it with a couple more years in Los He's Angeles. He's got to at least get up producing. to where, like, Sammy Sosa-level English. If he can get to Sammy Sosa-level English, he's great. And that's even, like, he speaks perfectly fluent English until he gets in front of Congress to admit something, and then suddenly he never learned a lick of it. And if he gets up to Sammy Sosa-level steroids, he will hit a million home runs. He will hit 10 million home runs. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Nothing ever proven. <laughs> Hall of Famer, that Sammy Sosa. Right next to Mike McGuire. And Mike his twin McGuire brother, and Sammy Suster. <laughs> Dear uh, Lord. One of the best. But the team of the hour, i got to say, New York Yankees are the ones making all the headlines in this mm-hmm. offseason. Um, we've been beating around the bush about it, but Alex Rodriguez, I believe, dropped his lawsuit against Major League Baseball and is just going to accept the penalty? Yeah. Wow. Somebody got in his head and told well, him to shut the bleep up. You know what basically happened was, at least this is what I've from what I've heard, anyway, what it sounds like to me is that it sounded like it was going to cost him more money to to pay oh, the sure. lawyers this year than it was to just sit out for the year. As much money as Alex Rodriguez has, guess who has more money for law? Right. Major League Baseball. Yeah. <laughs> they pretty much can dominate that however the heck they want to. Um, but that's just one of the stories. Derek Jeter just this past week announced 2014 final season. You've final got a little season. bit of a conspiracy theory about this. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's great for the Yankees no matter what, right? Because if they're terrible, which they might be. They probably will be awful this year. People still be coming through the turnstiles because, hey, guess what? Oh, we got it's, it's Jeter's last year. Hey, Jeter, sign my baseball. Yeah. Sign this battery I just threw into left field. You know, that was you know, my New York accent. Was it good? You know where the last New York game is? No. Guess where it is. Oh, well, no, where is it? Where, where would the best place be other than Yankee Stadium for Jeter's last game to be? Shea Stadium? Come on. Is it going to be Kansas City? Come on. The best place for Derek Jeter to play would be the University of Michigan where he went to college. Fenway Park. Is that right? Yeah. It's oh, pretty great. jeez. Why would anybody... They're going to force Boston to cheer for Derek Jeter the last three games. No, you know what you do is you would just bench him the last three games. He doesn't play. Nice. <laughs> just take him out. Just you know what, Boston? Bleep you. You yeah. never get to see Derek Jeter again. Yep. You never see Derek Jeter again. Suck it, Red Sox. Red Sacks. Red Six. Yeah, we gotta work on our Boston accents. We've got to work on every one of my accents. They're right? all terrible. Oh well. Thank God I thank God I don't ever have to do an accent on this show for any good reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, you know, and then if the, obviously if the Yankees are good, then he always has the option to say, oh, well, I'll come back one uh, more year. Like Mariano Rivera. Oh, yeah. I got hurt. But he's going to get it to do that whole victory tour now. And maybe, the, maybe that's one reason he came back this year is like, oh, Mariano, that was pretty cool for him last year. And, you know, and yeah, and, and good for him. Good for the Yankees. Great career, by all accounts, a fine gentleman. But man, what you. Again, University of Michigan proud. No matter, no matter what, you know, if you like or hate the Yankees, you can't deny that this dude's been an institution <laughs> for like a billion years at this point. Like for the last, you know, 20 years. Or whatever. He's almost like, you know, uh, the guy, the logo of the NBA. Derek Jeter has been playing in New York so long, he was mentioned on Seinfeld. Yes. <laughs> That's all you need to know about how long Derek Jeter's been playing. What's the deal with Derek Jeter? Hey, Derek Jeter. That's another terrible Derek accent that Jeter, we do. What are you doing? Would you like to get in my car and go for coffee? Derek Jeter. He's making me thirsty. Oh, oh my yes. goodness. Terrible Seinfeld impressions here on Raisin Brands. All right. Well, terrible impressions around. Though the other big story for New York right now is besides A-Rod not being around and Jeter not being around much longer is the new guy in town, Tanaka. Tanaka. Big Tanaka. And, and this is and this is a little bit Here's of a... Here's the deal. I heard Tanaka has great smelling breath. 
<laughs> really? It's horrific. Um, it's Banaka, right? That's his name? Yes. His He's name just Tanaka. Oh. He was also my favorite. I was like, man, you already got the breath spray money. What do you need baseball for? Well, I would also like to say, I mean, this is amazing that uh, he looks so good for his age because I remember him as my favorite Native American WWF wrestler from the nineties. <laughs> so I'm just he's happy that his aged career. Well. I'm happy that his career has has rebounded since Major League back to the minors. I mean, who thought anyone from that movie would ever work again? It's crazy, but here he he's is. He's like, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to run into the wall anymore uh, in the left field. I'm going to be a pitcher. Just terrible. We've made that joke before, haven't we? Of course. Of course we have. Uh, anyway, the, the thought process is, and this is where I think it's a stupid New York, East Coast, ESPN, Northeastern bias, is that they portrayed this thing as like the biggest baseball story of the year. This guy came all the way from Japan, and he's the next great superstar. Let's cut live to his press conference. We care about it. It's to say, here's his lifetime achievement. He's going to win World 10 World Series. And then all of a sudden, he gets in there. He gives his speech. And he was, by all accounts, he was a great speaker. I mean, he did a good job. Uh, I like his personality already. He seems like, you know, no nonsense. But, I mean, I can see some, some whiffs in there of something interesting to watch. And then immediately after this huge, like, hype from ESPN, they say, well, where is he going to be in the rotation? And 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 Joe Torre, not Joe Torre, and Joe Girardi says, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be a number one. I might be a number five. I don't really know. Maybe a number three or four in the rotation. I'm like, well, then why are we? Why do we care? Well, I why think why do we care if he's going to be a number four in the rotation? I think they're underselling him so that he doesn't, you know, to alleviate pressure. Hideki Arabu syndrome. Look, but Hideki Arabu never went twenty four and zero with a one point two seven ERA. Yeah, well, neither did I, and I don't get pressed for the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 155 million Tanaka's getting over seven years, and the, and they had to pay the the posting fee of 20 million dollars. So, I mean, that's a lot. So, right I there. mean, that's even more though than Max Scherzer's even get. though Girardi says that you know he's he might be the fifth starter, you know, you got to put him up there somewhere because you're paying him 175 million dollars. You're paying 175 oh, million for him. You're gonna play him. But that's just the thing. Max Scherzer, when he gets his big deal next year, yeah. is not going to make that much money. Yeah, I'm, and he just won the Cy Young. I'm re- <laughs> he got I, his I, team in the World Series. Honestly, I'm a little concerned that he's, he's going to break the bank, Max Scherzer, and that's going to, like, he's just will have gotten to the Royals, and now, like, they're going to be crippled with his big contract for the next seven years. Jeez, jeez. Yeah, because that's what the Royals are known for, Brent. Yeah, breaking the bank. signing, well, breaking the bank for Where did Max Scherzer players. go to college, Ray? Uh, why don't you tell me? University of Missouri. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, by the way, he has one blue eye and one... Yeah, that's sassy. And one brown eye. I, not just for anime characters anymore. He's got to have a great pickoff move. Like, you... <laughs> like, no, I, I was like, I didn't even see him picking me off because was, usually you see two eyes looking at you and I saw... Well, I would always be unnerved. Like, there was always that shot of, like, behind the plate when he's, like, focused in and he's staring and getting his signals and those two different colored eyes just staring. If I was a hitter right there, I'd be freaked out. You know, uh, you know who has uh, what really hot actress also has one brown eye, one blue eye. Do you know this? I Scarlett Johansson, Kate Bosworth. Kate Bosworth has one brown eye and one blue eye. Really? Yeah. So that explains that song, "Brown Eyed Girl," and also "Blue Eyed Girl." Mm-hmm. She's got one of each. Yeah, exactly. Is that a song? No. Oh, but I just sang it. it must be a song. Um. Well, you better, you know. Somebody's going to steal it, Ray. They're going to listen to it, and they're probably going to steal it because it was so good. Hey, you guys. Seriously, you need to... Trademark that. I'm going to trademark that right now, so you don't even try to steal my brown-eyed, blue-eyed, both-eyed girl song. I mean, you know, the girl from Blue Crush and from Superman has one... You think Superman would really fall for a girl that has one blue eye and one brown eye? I don't know. 
We'll be right back for uh, our big uh, interview uh, oh. after three seconds of... Uh, 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 oh. The B-52s. So Jim Bob Cooter. New, your new, your new uh, quarterback team. guru. My team, Detroit Lions quarterback guru, former Kansas City Chief, mm-hmm. now quarterbacks coach. Yeah, quarterback he did guru great for things. Your Detroit Lions. He did great things in Kansas City. Uh, Tyler Thigpen made him watchable. Yeah. Oh wait, no, no, he, he didn't. Matt Castle, no, didn't really. Brody Croyle, no. no. Brady Lock. Quinn, no. Hey. How did he go from there to cap- get to go to Kansas City? Were they were they that bad? The Kansas City quarterbacks that they're like. Well, as bad as they looked, he made them. He made they were even worse than they were, and he made them better. Hey, he might have gotten a win out of Brady Quinn, which in itself, minor miracle. Wow, yeah. But uh, we got we got the scoop with him. I was okay. able to get an interview cool. with him, so let's cut to it. You ready? Yep. All right, we're joined live here by uh, new Detroit Lions quarterbacks coach Jim Bob Cooter. Jim Bob, how you doing today? Daggone good. All right, so uh, you know, to, to walk us through the journey, like uh, you, you all of a sudden you you got the call from our uh, the new head coach of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, well, I, I did, and uh, you know what? I didn't know too much about Detroit. I'll be honest with you, but once I looked up some pictures of it, it's like, man, this looks like the desolate wasteland that I grew up in. Wait, what desolate wasteland are you talking about? I'm talking about the desolate wasteland of Missouri, you know. But you know, this is like. Run down Missouri like uh, it looks like it's back in the that movie Logan's Run, like the whole world's been destroyed type of wasteland. That is a topical reference, Jim mm-hmm. Bob. I'm well, not gonna lie. I'm into classical movies. I see. I didn't know that. This is why we got you on the show. We're gonna talk about all the things we don't know about Jim Bob Cooter. I like Logan's Run. I like Six Pack starring Kenny Rogers, where he has a bunch of orphans as his pit crew. Now I hear that's a great movie. It's great. Incredible. Well, let me ask you some questions. Do you mind if I get right down to football? Let's do it. Okay. Well, what are you going to do? What is your plan for helping Matt Stafford, who, you know, he started the season great last year, struggled down the stretch, was, I believe, league leader or very up there with interceptions in the final eight games of the season. Team faltered down the line. You're brought in to help Matt Stafford through times like that. What are you going to do? Well, first thing I'm going to do with Matt Stafford is... I'm going to incentivize him, okay? You know, me, You're Jim. You're going to incentivize him. I'm going to incentivize him. Me, Jim in, Bob in, Cooter. I'm going to go up to Matthew Stafford and say, Matt, if you, if you improve your play this year, guess what? You're going to get a, you're going to get a drive to General Lee. And I'm going to make sure. General Lee. That's right. I'm going to make sure the two Duke boys are there with you. What about, uh, is Boss Hogg or Roscoe P. Coltrane going to be making an appearance? Well, depends on how fast Matthew Stafford's driving that car, you know? Uncle Jesse? Well, that depends on if he ruins the engine. Uncle Jesse has to, like, you know, bail him out of jail. Depends on if he's driving fast and he gets caught by Roscoe Pisco, Train, and Boss Hogg, and then Uncle Jesse had to break him out of the prison. I mean, it does happen from time to time. I mean, he's just a good old boy. That's just a normal day. You know what we call that in Duke in Hazard County? Well, I don't Tuesday. know. Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay, excellent. So are there any other um, incentives that you're going to have for, like, this is if he plays well, right? Has, like, a games with oh, no interceptions yeah. and whatnot. I mean, he's a grown man, so yeah. he needs at some point, he just needs to, to man up. But, you know, I'm going to try to I'm gonna try to get his training a little bit better, too, you know? You're going to uh, uh, walk me through some training exercises that okay, we well, would do with Matt Stafford. Part of it's going to be diet, 
You okay, know? diet, okay. Yeah, right now, I mean, to be honest, he goes to a lot of them all-you-can-eat buffets. No, he does not. Yes, you he does. It. He goes to a lot of all-you-can-eat buffets. I want him to go to a all-a-normal-people-could-eat buffet. That would be a lot less food than what he eats. He's not fat. You know? J- Jim, Bob, have you even met with Matt I would take yet? him. I'll take him swimming. But but not like how he was swimming in that fountain at the Golden Corral last week. That is week. not a true story. That's a true story. He still had a little white chocolate in his hair this week when I met with him from so, the so fountain. You did meet with you did. And then meet it with was him. funny watching him trying to get that. You know how you if you ever seen a monkey trying to get like a like a bug out of his hair and he's just like going crazy trying to reach it. Matt Stavers is trying. He can smell that vanilla white chocolate in his hair, and he's just going crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So you actually have met with Matt Stafford this week, though. You, you oh, already. Yeah. You've just been yeah. hired. I met. I met at his, uh, you know, residence. I, well, you went to his house, n- not just a residence. I would call it a palace. Palace. Yeah, I mean, and that guy. I'll tell you what, man. He's into some crazy stuff. He's got some cool artwork there. Well, I don't. Understand. I went in there to his place, and he's got a man frozen in carbonite oh, in his Lord. in his living room. Come on. Yep. And you know, he looks like. He looks like that that dude that the uh, Indiana Jones guy, but with no hat on. That's what his artwork looks like. He the looks guy, like the guy that, frozen in carbon. Yeah, he looks like that guy Bob Falfa from American Graffiti. That's a classic movie I like too. Let me guess. He also looks like the president in Air Force One. Is that is that the same guy? Oh, I guess you've been to his house too. Huh? No, I have not been to his house. I get where you're going with that. In any case, let's moving forward. What are you going to do to help Matt Stafford with all the turnovers later on in, uh-huh. in the year? I think we talked about that already, man. Them turnovers got too many dead gum carbs in them. He got to stop eating. He eats, he eats about twelve to fourteen turnovers per day. <laughs> no, he does not. He does too. He's not a fat man. He does too. I looked at an X-ray of him. It just looked like a turnover machine in there. <laughs> it looked like a factory. My it looked gracious. like a train made out of turnovers, one after the other after the other. So walk me through, like, what type of uh, uh, practice uh, practices are you going to be going with Matt Stafford here? Because I assume it's going to be a lot of one-on-one time, and you're going to be having a lot of time during the season to work together. I mean, walk me through, like, what a day might look like, you and Matt Stafford uh, practicing. Okay. Well, first, you're going to wake up in the morning. He's going to come over. We're going to practice him not going straight to the Dunkin' Donuts. Because that's what he usually does. Okay. okay, yeah. And he says, I'm lifting weights. I was like, well, buddy, just because you're lifting two boxes of donuts don't mean you lift weights. I mean, technically it is, but if you're putting those weights in your mouth, that ain't helping. Yeah, I mean, I'll just get him some down-home cooking. Some down-home cooking. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to be like like a hiring a private chef, or you're going to be taking him for like egg white omelets, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing? We already had a dang old private chef at his house. He had a private chef already. Oh, yeah. It was this girl named Leia dressed in a bikini. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Let me guess. You had a chain around her neck? Yeah. Man, you. why are you asking? I have not been to his house. I guess I should be asking the questions. Oh, How are you going to train Matt Stafford? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Get her done. So if I may take the conversation away from Matt Stafford a little bit, we talked earlier about the city of Detroit. Yeah, well, I'd uh, like to take a lot of things away from Matt Stafford. Like I said, the donuts, the turnovers, the bread, the whole grain bread, cornbread, muffins, biscuits, biscuits and gravy, gravy without biscuits. But that's a lot of things you want to take away from him. That's right. Um, but getting to the people of... <laughs> God damn it. All right, I'll do like another minute. <clears throat> Uh, I just want to wrap up by asking about like um, 
like the city of Detroit and what's it okay. like to move in there and maybe you can rip on my hometown. Okay. <laughs> so have you officially moved into Detroit now? I mean, are you, are you officially a resident there? Well, yeah, I think I'm the only resident there. Really? Yeah, it seems like it's just like a, I don't know, I have my my choice of the places. You have your choice of the places. I have my choice of any place in town, man. So you man. just showed up and just take up, like like the game Fallout. You yep. just show up and take up residency in any hovel you prefer. It's just like a squatter town right now. Yep. Squatter and squalor. That's how, that's how, that's how I'd describe it right now. Well, against my better judgment, Jim Bob Cooter, let me be the first to welcome you to the city of Detroit. Uh, I hope that you were able to do great things, and I look forward to next season. Yeah, probably not, though. The great things part, that probably won't happen. I mean, look, I was in Kansas City and then Denver and now Detroit. I, mean, I can't get any lower than that, you know, man. <laughs> well, can't have everything. That's what I told Matt Stafford at the buffet, too. You can't have everything because he wants everything, man. He tried to eat every day. He's like, I'm going to have one of everything. Well, let's cut it down to one of half of everything and then cut that in half. And then he tells two friends and he tells two friends. And then you got yourself a shampoo commercial. That is really paying it forward. That's right. Jim Bob Cooter, everybody. Wow, Brent, that was an exciting interview right there. Yeah, good job. Jim Bob Cooter, man, has a lot to has a lot to say. I I was skeptical that he's gonna be able to get the job done in Detroit, but now it sounds Apparently like he is too. <laughs> I was skeptical and now I know for sure that he won't. That he will not get it done. Yet. Okay, thank you. I think Jim Caldwell is gonna is picking together a fine staff. We mm-hmm. got the we got we got Lombardi's grandson. Look, anytime you Lombardi's grandson. If you're worried about, you know, your your future somewhere, you like you start hiring people around you that are gonna be fall guys. And the first fall guy is always a guy named Jim Bob or Cooter. Jim Bob or Cooter. Right. Or if you're really lucky, both. Both. Gracious. And I guess we'll be right back after three seconds of White Zombie. Hey, gang, welcome back to the show. We have a brand new segment here. Brent, why don't you set it up for us? Oh, well, it's, I mean, it's something, it's just kind of access to new technology. A new know, technology like now a that we've phone? built up our, yeah, we've, well, a phone line that actually goes out live. I wow. mean, like, usually we record our stuff. Now we've got actually people that call, you know, David Knoll running our the board. Our beautiful esteemed producer on the other we side only, of the glass. We do only have one line right now. So, you know, operators are not standing by. I'll it's be honest, just, do we need more than one line? Well, it'd be nice. Do we need more than one line? Yes. We need. Pop. We are very popular, oh, Ray. We need 100 lines, That's right. I mean. Huh? We just have so much going on. Well, um, do you want to take a call? I mean, in? we can't judge the show's popularity by how people think of you. I mean, I'm also on the show, and David Knoll's part of it, too. And then we have Greg Lopez, his music, and some other people. So just because you're, you know... Are you like trying to say big... I'm the least popular person affiliated with this show? I'm not trying to. I mean, I'm, I am saying that. Yeah. <laughs> My gracious... <laughs> So if you want to call the show, just call us up at... Oh, wait, wait. Uh, looks like David's... We have a call? How we do we already have a call? We haven't given out the we number. Haven't given out. Who could this possibly be? Uh, what's your, what's okay. your board say? Looks like... Oh. Sergey in Sochi, Russia. Really? Or, <laughs> come on. Is it... All right. You're on uh, Raisin Brent. Hello. Is this Sergey Trotsky? No, he's not it's, Sergey It Trotsky. sounds like you from last week, Sergey. It's crazy talk. Okay. I, all we Russians, we sound the same to okay, Americans. Okay, good. Well, 
you know what? If it is you, which I think it might be, no, the, we're not going to have an, any anti-gay talk on the show no, this week. I have very hot sports opinion. Okay, yeah, we're going to talk about sports. Okay, go. I have opinion on the gay football player, the Michael Sam. Okay. Uh, we need for Olympic. We ran out gay for punt the gay. We need a gay. Okay. Can we send him by? We'll just go okay. ahead. See, David, can you disconnect him? See. And... That was clearly Ray. That was I'm clearly Sergei sure Trotsky, Trotsky again. Uh, for those of you who remember from last week, he's the Russian executive who's. Uh, <sighs> not everybody in this world is going to be open minded, Brent. I know. We, yeah. do, we do what we can. Well, I'm pretty sure Michael Sam doesn't want to go to probably, the Olympics he, oh, and you be don't punted. Think, he doesn't want to go play punt in some game. weird new sport that they have in Russia. And the Olympics are weird, man. I mean, did you, I mean the biathlon. Mm-hmm. They go skiing, and then all of a sudden they go shooting. That's pretty cool. I mean, honestly, it's really, it's really fun to watch, though, because you have the whole thing like they're they're totally out of breath and they're shooting, and they, you have to shoot fast. But if you miss, then you have to go do a penalty lap, and it's like, oh my, it's craziness. And yeah, and it's it's like this this sport has been in other Olympics, but it seems like one that's it's like this sport should be called How to Train an Assassin. <laughs> an assa- like how to train a James how, Bond villain? How to train a a, a spy in Moscow that's <laughs> cross country skiing and then shooting people? Oh my gracious! <laughs> so weird, it's the craziest thing in the world. But in any case, I I already hate this segment about letting people call in. I think it's already a mistake. <laughs> well, you know, we try. If, if they're not Sergey, you know, it, well, we should never have. Let's wor- let's let's think about this back again. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, let's. We're gonna do a little bit of dwelling on this. In the meantime, we're gonna come back to wrap up the show after three seconds of Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And we're back. And yeah, uh, you know it's a story in Los Angeles right now. We live in Los Angeles. Yeah, one of the you know first of all the the utter collapse of the Lakers, and it's understandable considering like they barely have a team right now. You they're know, really the Lakers that, right now. Yeah, they're not. And today, you know, they they couldn't practice today because they didn't have enough players. Well, remember when they had the guy fall out of the game just earlier last week, and they had mm. to just keep they had to let him stay in the game. Yeah, because they didn't have enough active players right now. And I guess that's what happens when your entire team averages forty nine years old. Right, and you know, she's and. It makes sense what happened, you know, Steve Nash. Well, here's the story. Steve Nash. Yes. Who is a Hall of Famer. Oh, assuredly. Right? One of the best point guards to ever play the game, especially when you consider, like, he's a great three-point shooter, too. He's not just a distributor, scorer, too. But he's also a fantastic distributor. Mm -hmm. And also Canadian. Yeah. For those of you that already knew that. Yeah. So, basically, he's been kind of injured the whole season, and there's a whole thing where if he plays ten games... If he plays less than 10 games, the Lakers would be able to get back $9.7 million off the salary cap next year. That'd be good for them. Okay, that'd They're be great. They're going to need that money. And They're then blowing I think, it all on Kobe. I think another $3 million or so for the next uh, few years after that. Anyway, it's a, it's a considerable amount of money. And I understand Steve Nash wants to play and he wants to prove that he you know, is worth the contract and wants to live up well, to it. He's going to get paid that money either way. He wants to be out there at least trying to earn it. Yeah, so then he, he's a real man, you know. Basically, he goes in and plays his 10th game the other night and he gets injured like almost immediately. And he's been injured in like half of his games yeah, he's played he's, this year. He's gotten injured in three out of the last four games. Oh, my gracious. So it's like, what do you think about this, Ray? Do you think it is, I mean, who who do you blame for this? Do you blame Steve Nash? Do you blame the Lakers for not kind of asking him to do it? Or do you think they asked him to do it and he just didn't 
It begins and ends with the Lakers front office. First things first, you don't sign a 38-year-old man who's already playing on, you know, dead legs. You don't sign that guy to a multi-year contract, especially, you know, at this advanced age in his career for a team that only had about a one year left in its window anyway. You sign him to a one year, by all accounts, he wanted to be here. Well, and this is all, isn't this all part of, you know, when they signed D'Antoni, they're like, okay, if we're going to sign D'Antoni, then we need to sign the guy that has been really successful with D'Antoni. But you know who's really successful with D'Antoni? Steve Nash from, you know, 10 years ago. Not Steve Nash at 38. Yeah. The dude can barely walk anymore, much less play. I mean, Steve Nash is pretty well done. Kobe's pretty well done. Pau Gasol's going to get traded sooner rather than later. He's not going to be on the team next year. You're starting over with a whole bunch of nothing. Thank God David Stern's going to rig the NBA lottery to get him the number one overall pick. Yeah. In one of the worst draft classes to have to come, though. This is not a great draft class. So it almost makes you wonder if they're going to take a year until wait for the next great draft class to I give them the number one pick. I think it's I actually think it's a deep draft class, but it's you know. deep, but it's not it's not the high end guys. There's a very low ceiling on them. Yeah, it's not like, you know, 2003 when you had Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron James, Darko. The greatness that is Darko Milicic, mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony, as much as I don't like him. Right. You know, he is a superstar. That was a high ceiling. You want one of those top picks unless you're the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's interesting that, you know, we've gone past that point where Steve Nash cannot be given the medical, you know, uh, medical eligibility so that the Lakers get his money back. Right. They can't do that now. He's played too many. Now he might as well just play. He's played too many games this year. Yeah. (sighs) You know what, though? Could, and you know what? I'm sighing, and I'm not even a Lakers fan. But it's Couldn't like, happen to a nicer team, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Watching Lakers fans walk around despondent is kind of its own joy in itself, right? It's interesting, because, you know... They haven't known not success for a very long time. Yeah, since, uh, what, Nick Van Exel? When they had Nick Van Exel around that time? Jeez, what was maybe? that, 98? Something like that. It was. It's been a very long yeah. time since Lakers fans haven't gotten to thump their chests out and say we're a Laker fan, and it's it's refreshing. And then when they had Nick Van Exel, at least he could score. They were at least watchable back then. Yeah. The, the, go back to the Vladi Divac years where he was their superstar. Ugh. Yeah, Vladi was a solid player, but he's one of those guys like he played forever. And if you remember what he was like, he's like that Sabonis guy that was up in Portland. Arvita Sabonis, great yeah. passer, good hands yeah. on that guy. If you remember the guy when he was younger, he was amazing. And then, but then eventually, those guys both played till they were like really old and all beat up. And it's like people forget how great they were. Yeah, it's all good. And you know, he's also in that commercial where he's like, "I'm no longer irritated with the." Gillette commercial, some kind of shaving commercial where Vladi was like, trying to talk about hey, how he was no longer irritated by shaving. No, the, I would say the best is not uh, just that, but it's the commercial with George Murison oh. for the uh, like the Romanian like aftershave lotion, and yes. it's just the one quote that goes, "Is that cabbage, George? Yeah, chicks dig it." <laughs> Still one of my favorites of all time. If you're as humongous as George Murison, don't you have to use like a whole can of? <laughs> You just shave cream on your on, face. Just dump it on your head <laughs> at that point. My goodness, Lurch from the Adams Family movies thinks that you're big and goofy looking. <laughs> Holy crap. No offense to Lurch. Like, he would beat me up. I just assume. That would be great if Lurch beat you up. I'm going to be honest. I kind of want Lurch to like, beat me up. Imagine now. if uh, all of a sudden my, my Twitter feed is like, oh, my OMG, Ray just got beat up by Lurch. <laughs> And it's not just new Lurch, it's the original 1960s Lurch. He's like 75 years old and he found Ray and beat oh, him up. No. Crazier things in this world have happened, sir. Yep.
In any case, that's episode 39. Isn't that exciting? It is exciting. We interviewed Jim Bob Cooter. We, I think, talked to Sergey Trotsky. Probably. Probably. And we had some good sports talk. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, tell people our contact information, just in case they want to be a part of the show, too. You should. Why would you not want to? I don't know. Well, you can go ahead and hit us up on Twitter. You can hit up the show at Ray Brent Podcast or me at Almighty Ray. And I'm at Scoops Pope. Or you can email the show, RayBrentPodcast at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook. Our Facebook is rad, and you want to be a part of that. That's Facebook.com slash Ray Brent Podcast. Wow. You should always be finding us on Stitcher Radio, where you can listen right off your browser at home if you'd like to. So you can just put it on in the background while you're doing other stuff. You can download us on iTunes. You can just download us on the go, put us on your podcast app on your phone, or just download it and listen to it straight off an MP3. All of this is a world of possibility to you. We'd really like it if you'd go on iTunes Subscribe to the show and give us a five-star review of some kind. We really would like you to put something in the text so that way we can read it on the air. Pimp us to read something. We haven't gotten to read something in a while. And we've been getting five-star reviews. It's just people not putting down the words. You guys, we want to make fools of ourselves out here. Be a part of it with us. That's right. My goodness gracious. Um, and we've got to do our thanks as well, though. We've got to thank, of course, David Knoll for producing. The other side of the glass. That's right. Why does he always make that symbol Mm. with his hands? In any case, we got to thank your man, Jordan Monsell. Jordan Monsell. You want to go to jordanmonsell.com, buy some artwork. He did our steampunk right. logo. Mm-hmm. We got to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. The train wrecks. Got to thank the train wrecks for our music that we've been doing. And we like Greg Lopez, still more popular on the show than I am, even though he's never made an appearance and we haven't used his his uh, drop in quite a long time. Well, no one's getting arrested, so. Yeah, come on. And, and this is my personal, personal plea to all you athletes out there. If you are famous, especially like weirdly famous, can you go ahead and get yourself arrested? We really like using Greg's drop and we haven't had any opportunity to in the last few shows. Uh, you know what? I forgot to tell you. Yes. Uh, While we were talking about the Michael Sam thing, is that I saw an interview with Nate Burleson talking about the Michael Sam thing. Nate Burleson of your Detroit Lions. Yeah. So here's the deal. He's talking about Michael Sam and how how he'd be you know welcome in the locker room, and then he apparently had a pizza in his lap and he dropped it and broke his arm again. So really, (laughs) that's where you're going with that. (laughs) But I did see an interview with Nate Burleson. All that set up for a, a reset of your pizza joke. That's right, pizza joke. All over again. Oh dear lord. Anyway, anybody, anybody, you want to thank Brent? Um. Well, I want to thank you for taking that uh, Matt Stafford picture off your Facebook profile. Finally, yes. For those who went and to that- Ray Brent Podcast's uh, Facebook page, uh, I did put the picture that was my new Facebook profile picture up of Matt Stafford circled with fat written under it. And I, I think you know what? I don't want to thank anyone else, Gracious. but I think Matt Stafford would like to thank uh, whoever that pictures that you have on your Facebook profile now that's a person that's even fatter than him. That's me. <laughs> I had no that's a idea. picture of me when I, I was no, in shape. Oh, I had no idea, right? Uh, well, sorry. Good night, everybody. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me you always get what you wanted And then you run and you flaunt it And I've got something to The Meat Puppets <laughs> It's not the Meat Puppets 
We didn't even talk about the meat puppets. I like Why? that name. <laughs> Why would you do the meat puppets? I love the meat Mother puppets. bleep. Are you kidding me right now? Uh, you want to do it for real? The lemon heads. <laughs> we're this week we're doing bands named after food. We've done that one before. Meat puppets? Lemon heads? Uh, the Foo you... Fighters. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, you want to do this? Yeah. Okay.